around the world and here at home, bringing relief, hope, and the life-changing message of Jesus. You're listening to the Mize Missions Podcast with Terry Mize. Hello, everyone. God bless you. Welcome today to Terry Mize Ministries Podcast. We are delighted to have you, and we have prayed and believed God that what we have to share with you today is going to be of great help. It will minister to you uh, in every area, spirit, soul, and body, and the Holy Ghost will take hold of it and do something specific and individual for every single one of you. Um, We are thrilled today to have some very special guests on the program with us, and we would invite you to quickly text or call a friend and tell them to tune in. Uh, This is a special day, um, and Terry has some of his family here with us on the program, and they're going to share with us some good things. You're not going to want to miss this, so darling, introduce our family. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we're way up in the mountains of uh, North Carolina. Yes. Uh, at a lovely home, or they call it a cabin. I'd call it a home. Yeah. Uh, for some dear friends of my sister Debbie and her husband Wyatt Brown, and uh, so they offered them. Uh, these dear people offered them a few days here at the cabin, and so we were coming to preach and minister for Wyatt and Debbie, and and so uh, we're just spending a few days up in the mountains with no no phone reception, but we get we get internet once in a while, <laughs> and uh, uh, but anyway, I'm here and Renee and I with uh, with Wyatt Brown and with Debbie. Debbie's my little sister, my baby sister. I've called her baby girl all her life, and uh, so they're very dear to uh, to me and and very dear to us. In fact, Wyatt, right after Rama, uh, <clears throat> being on staff with Brother Hagen and, and dear personal friends and traveling in the ministry with the with the Hagens and everything, he came to work for me uh, back in I think 1982, uh, 81. I guess it was 81. And then, uh, then I was uh, able to perform the wedding ceremony for White and Debbie in February of '82. So that's that, what seventeen. I mean, it's almost thirty. This thirty-seven years. So this next February will be thirty-eight years. Yeah, I thought it was a seven. I don't know why I said seventeen instead of thirty-seven. But thirty-seven okay. years ago, I tied a good knot. I tied that knot <laughs> tight, and you yeah. guys are still married. <laughs> it's and, working. And they pastor a great church in Greenville. South Carolina. I know there's thousands of Greenvilles, or not thousands, but there's a bunch of Greenvilles in the United States. But Greenville, South Carolina, and it's called Grace um, Christian Church. Grace Christian Church. I don't know why I always want to say something else, but Grace Christian Church. And Renee and I'll be there this Sunday ministering for them. And uh, we're delighted and excited and looking forward That's to it. Right. We always just enjoy any time we can spend together and, and be together. And, and this and, is a uh, treat. It's, yeah, it's been a real treat. We've been here a couple of days, and we're just uh, enjoying our enjoying our time together. And yep. then tomorrow, uh, reality sets in, and we go back to civilization. <laughs> and then we'll be able to minister for them on, on Sunday. And then Renee and I have to get on home to Tulsa. We hadn't been home in five or six weeks. And uh, we'll only be home a couple of days, and then we'll head to Fort Worth for Brother Copeland's annual uh, Southwest Believers Conference. We won't get there for the whole thing, but we'll be there for the last half of the week. Uh, and so we're just uh, we're just moving and, and uh, preaching and, and uh, accomplishing things and getting things done. So anyway, Wyatt, welcome. Thank you. And, and glad that you're here. And Debbie, glad that to be with you. It's always always here. always fun, fun, fun. Debbie lived with Jackie and I since she was what thirteen. Seventeen. Seventeen. Well, I'm not doing too good on my numbers today. Uh, but she lived <laughs> with Jackie three and, and I. Weeks old. Is that right? Yep. When I moved in. No, that's right. That's right. 1978. And so Debbie came to live with us and work with us, and she kept our kids and traveled with us uh, in the ministry and around the world and, and, of course, all over Mexico. 
And uh, so uh, anyway, we're just excited to be with them and, and uh, glad we can do this podcast together today. What year did you all, uh, now you're from uh, South Carolina, North I, Carolina? I am a, I am a native. Uh, yes. And so born in Charleston and then uh, my childhood was there. Uh, my mother's side, uh, uh, my grandfather, uh, their, his family goes back to the uh, we've got records as early as 1712. Oh, how they, wonderful. That they, uh, I always joke, I come from a long line of poor white people. And uh, <laughs> they were sharecroppers and farmers right, on right, the coastal right. part of South right. Carolina. Yeah, well, the, what we would call today the salt of the earth, founding yep. founding families of the great United States of America. And that's that's just so comforting to me to always know at some point where your heritage began, yeah. you know, and the people... Ha- and be able to to reach back and and understand a time frame or know a name or someone like that. You know, the Bible is full of uh, connecting the future with the past, mm-hmm. the the present with the past, and then through Jesus Christ connecting us all to the same future. So I think it's very important that we know uh, the shoulders of the people who's you know that we stand on. So what year did you all begin the church? What year when you and Debbie married and then you moved here and began the church how well, long ago? De- it, Debbie and I married in 1982 right. and uh, at the time I was working for uh, uh, More Than Conquerors, uh, Terry's ministry Right. and then it was uh, we married in February of that year and then on July 1st uh, we stepped out on our own and formed a, a traveling ministry and then we uh, uh begin to travel and speak at churches in the U.S. and right. then uh, outside of the country. And we did that for 11 years and wow. uh, had uh, tremendous adventures with God <laughs> uh, all across Africa, Europe, right. uh, behind the Iron Curtain when there was an Iron Curtain. Right. And, uh, uh, and then, and of course, uh, I started off uh, working for Kenneth Hagin Sr. and for their ministry for four and a half years. Right. But then it was with Terry, when I first met Debbie, uh, I, I went over, I, I met her through mutual friends that we had, other young people that were, uh, their parents were ministers in Tulsa. And uh, I, I went over uh, to uh, what I thought was her house. <laughs> and I, and I, I didn't couldn't quite figure it out how I, I knew she was... Uh, 18, about to turn 19, but she had four small children, and, and she lived in a lovely home, and uh, I serve a big God, and I, and I had known her as a friend for about a month before I ever met Terry and Jackie. Wow. And then wow. Uh, Terry took it upon himself to make my world bigger, and, uh, and so it was uh, uh, in May, Debbie and I met, and it was all the way around the following uh, February. Uh, Terry invited me to go uh, to uh, Acapulco and he was going to have a uh, uh, missions uh, meeting for uh, really directed the upper and uh, class of people in Mexico. That's wonderful. And the man who was the head of tourism at that time in the uh, uh, state that Acapulco is in uh, was a Christian and so he had arranged he arranged invitations to uh, people in the upper echelon of society to come. And, uh, and so Terry knew that I was uh, 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 in love with his sister and he was trying to help me. And, and so I remember him telling me uh, that, because uh, uh, at that time in Acapulco, 
it was a, a, a safe place and uh, uh, they had vendors with, uh, they'd have a donkey pulling a, a cart that was filled with roses and you could buy the whole cart of roses for $25. Oh my goodness. And uh, Terry told me, and I never forget it, he said, Wyatt, if you cannot win Debbie here, there's no hope for you. <laughs> Do you remember telling me that? Don't, I don't, but it sounds like something I'd say. Oh, it stuck, yeah, with, right. it stuck with me because <clears> I know Flowers are cheap. Dates are cheap time. in Mexico. <laughs> and, uh, and so, uh, but uh, uh, it was prior to that trip uh, and him just telling me about, uh, uh, he'd come back in town and we had met each other and, and he'd just very nonchalantly tell me about all the miracles that God did. And uh, so it was prior to that trip I, I personally had a supernatural experience with the Lord where I fell asleep, and that night I, I just saw the world for the first time. Praise Hallelujah. God. And I woke up, and I had cried in my sleep to the point that my tears had dried and sealed my eyes shut. Oh, mm. my goodness. And so I woke up that next morning, and then uh, and then it was, it was in traveling with you. I mean, I had seen miracles and things with Brother Hagen, but sure. his ministry uh, was a different type of calling, and and uh, uh, was unique in its own ways. And so it was uh, uh, your influence, though, that impacted me so much. A place in uh, Carlsbad, New Mexico, uh, invited me. I was 21 years old. They invited me to come and preach, first place I ever did. And I told them that on Sunday night, and I'd gotten this from you. Uh, I said, Sunday night, I was going to be there Saturday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night. I said, Sunday night, we'll have a miracle service. Praise God. And... Uh, uh, I remember it was it was uh, uh, just it was February so it was so cold, and uh, and I remember getting up that Sunday evening and uh, preached you know uh, a message I'd heard you preach on being redeemed from the curse of the law. Praise God! And uh, came to the end of the service, and there was only about forty people there. And after being there a Saturday night and a Sunday morning. I knew all of them, and uh, uh, and uh, uh, two. There were two brothers there that worked. Uh, they were uh, 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 professional cowboys on the rodeo circuit, right. and uh, and they uh, they had taken me out that Saturday morning and put me on these uh, roping horses. They trained uh, cutting horses for rodeos, and the one older brother was married. His wife that previous year, she was the national champion in barrel racing wow. so they were they were very accomplished and uh uh so that next night and i didn't i was from the east i didn't know that they were making fun of me but they were going to show me how to throw a, uh, a rope and rope something so they had me out there running around chasing a goat and i finally <laughs> did rope the hind legs and they said well you're an official goat roper now and I, I thought it was a compliment and didn't realize they were just, uh, they, they furthered my education. On, on my, but that next night, uh, after praying for uh, uh, miracles, uh, I remember suddenly I looked out asking people to do what they couldn't do before. Right. And that younger brother, even though he was only in his mid-20s, he had uh, crippling arthritis in one hand mm. from overuse in how he had to hold the ropes sure, and all sure. right. and because he would always rope the back legs of the calf he was he was called the healer because uh -huh. he'd, he'd rope their heels and uh he's looking at me and opening his hand up and closing it and i didn't realize but his hand had been frozen shut oh, wow. oh, and jesus healed him Praise and God. then there was a lady suddenly her arm shot up she was you know at that time i thought she was ancient of days she was about as old as i am now early 60s 
but she had arthritis for 28 years and couldn't raise her arm and Jesus completely healed her. And so she threw her arm up. There's no pain, but the fact that she could, she just began to weep Praise out of joy. God. Sure, sure. And, then, and then when the service was finally over, after a lot of people had told miracles that had happened, uh, I'm standing in the little place, you know, that little uh, entry hall, and a, a gruff man came up. He was uh, shorter in stature and had his uh, 12-year-old daughter with him who she looked younger than that because she was just a, a, a smaller girl. And he uh, just gruffly, he said, uh, he said, we've got another miracle to tell you about. And he looked at her, he said, tell him. And so she looked at me and smiled and said, see my teeth? And she smiled and she had a perfect smile. And he said, well, tell him about it. And she had, uh, he, said, he said, last week she ran away from home. She didn't get along with anybody. She's angry with everybody, but she had a severe underbite and uh, she couldn't get her top teeth and her bottom teeth to uh, touch one another in the front if she closed her mouth. And she had gaps between her teeth. She said, he said she had big gaps. And I said, how big? And she held up her hand and her little finger. And she said, I could put my little finger between all of my front teeth oh my goodness. on oh my top goodness. and bottom. <clears throat> and he said, he said, well, show him now. And she looked up and smiled again. And all of her teeth, Jesus had realigned everything and pull that little girl's teeth all together sounds like jesus to me and and she reached out and just grabbed me and held me and and just hugged me just you know just pure you know just such kind love and he looked at her father's looked at me said you don't know what a miracle this is she's just mean to everybody (laughs) and and, but you know jesus healed that 12 year old praise god and uh, praise and of course you know that was that started me on uh, expectation route of anywhere I go to preach to expect Jesus to do miracles. And that started yes. with your ministry Praise and God. you exposing me to uh, that uh, willingness and kindness of Jesus to do miracles. Hallelujah. Uh, and that the, the world uh, was just everybody. It wasn't limited to any group or any no, that's nation. Right. Yes, that's yes, right. that's and, so good. And so, so, so I took you on your first missions trip too, didn't I? That yeah, that was my first missions. Your first trip. missions trip. First missions trip. And uh, and I was a pilot and had a plane. I took you on your first yes. plane ride and let you fly, and yeah. that infected you. And you've been an accomplished yeah. pilot now for decades. Now, now uh, <clears> this <throat> July makes thirty. This past July, well, this month, uh, the eleventh of July makes thirty-three years, and now I'm. Uh, multi-engine instrument rated commercial pilot with uh, type ratings and citation business jets. That's just tremendous. Wow. That's wonderful. Well, I'm proud of you. Yeah. Oh, thank proud you. Of, proud thank of Debbie. You. Honored, <laughs> honored and, uh, to we just, uh, be in your family. I remember the first thank two you. or three years you were off out in your own ministry, I'd have pastors call me and say, why well, Brown preached for me and he's preaching your sermons. And I said, well, that's okay. <laughs> so I told him he could. I said, if he's preaching my sermons, I know he's preaching good stuff. That's right. I said, he'll only preach mine and Kenneth Hagin's and both of those yeah. are good. You know? <laughs> that was my foundation. Well, yeah, of course, of course. Well, Praise God. Right. Well, it's, it's wonderful to see. You know, I've always been, Debbie, you know this, I've always been a, a pusher of young ministries mm-hmm. and, and what I call young lines, yep. you know. And, and a lot of the young lines around the world are, are my young lines. A lot of them are old lines now, but they started out as young lines. And, and uh, so we're we're proud of what y'all are doing, That's and, right. and uh, watched you in the ministry all these years. And then after 
What'd you say? Eleven years of traveling. You started the church there after, in Greenville. After eleven years of traveling, <clears throat> we uh, had a we we had uh, three years prior we had moved to South Carolina because uh, we were doing so much more missions work in Europe and in Africa, and it it really it just it cut out the time it would take to commute from the middle of the country to sure. the East right. Coast. Sure. And, uh, uh, and so the Lord spoke to me. I was in Europe for six weeks. Debbie was not with me. And the Lord dealt with me that we were going to be pastoring a church. And so when I, when I came back to the States, I, I was almost afraid to even tell Debbie. And uh, so we took our, our uh, boys who are now uh, early 30s and late 20s and uh, uh, at that time, they were three and a half and just a few months sure, old. Sure, And we went to... Uh, Nathan and Evan. Yep. Nathan and my Evan. nephews. And we went to Disney World in Florida, and we waited till on the way back. And I, uh, was at night, we're driving, and the kids had fallen asleep. And I said, Debbie, uh, while I was in Europe, the Lord dealt with me about something. She said, well, the Lord dealt with me about something while you were there. I said, oh, great, then you go first. <laughs> and uh, she said, well, I believe in my heart, the Lord's going to have us pastor a church there in that Greenville, South Carolina area. And I, and I said, well, that's, he dealt with me about that too, but I don't know if it's a, an existing work and we're going to be coming into someone else's uh, uh, foundation they built or if he wants us to start something uh, and we're the beginning of it. And so we prayed the only way we knew that was right for us uh, Lord, we, we told him we would, we'd be happy to do it. Uh, just please make it clear when, uh, and we, we would do it. And so that was in August, and in the beginning of November, we were in New York, and uh, we were preaching on that Sunday in uh, uh, Brooklyn. Uh, and uh, uh, the Friday of that weekend, uh, the hotel we were staying at, I remember we looked at each other, and we both just said it out loud. We're supposed to go home now and start that church. Wow. That's so, wonderful. So we, we, we left on Monday morning from New, the New York area, uh, drove back to South Carolina, and uh, there were pastors in the area. I'd spoken at their churches, so the most recent one was, uh, except for one, had been five years, been at least five years. So to be ethical, I, I telephoned all of them and said, I want you to hear it from me first. The Lord's directed us to start a church, and they all were very encouraging and one said well I knew that a year ago and I said well I wish you'd have told me because I didn't know yeah, right. <laughs> and uh, and then the one who I had spoken for uh, had been less than five years uh, I took him out to lunch that day and and uh, just said here's uh, what we think the Lord's told us to do and uh, he was very encouraging so Praise we, we uh, rented a small room at the Hilton Hotel there and ran a little business card ad in the newspaper and uh said, welcome to the first service. And and that would have been in November 11th of uh, 1991. And uh, we uh, began the church. And the very first service, though, we told everyone it's unique. Uh, there were 55 people who came out and we said- Oh, that's wonderful. It, it was, and I, I wouldn't recommend to any young minister to do it the way that we did it. I would recommend hear from the Lord and follow him, but not the- uh, methodology we used uh so we uh uh told everyone the first service we had a dual calling to not only the pastor of the church but to uh, uh we were called to the world and so the first 10 months of that church's existence 
I had five different meetings in uh, outside the United States, most of those in Europe. So he's gone. Uh, we've continued that, and uh, so uh, we uh, uh, and I, I imagine we will the rest, you know, of yeah, our lives. And now look what the Lord has done. <laughs> yeah, it's very he's wonderful. Gone. Amen. Amen. Well, we're happy about it. We're proud of you guys. And That's like right. I said, we'll be there this coming Sunday. We're so if happy you're, you're going to be if there. You, well, thank you. I'm glad. Um, I'm glad I got an invitation from the pastors. Yeah. You're <laughs> you're <laughs> People well, are excited. You. Wonderful well, good, miracles good. have happened every time you're there. So, so well, if you're in the Greenville area, South Carolina, I know I've got friends coming in from uh, uh, over in Anderson uh, and. Uh, What's the name of the, the little city there between you and Charlotte that's got the big peach water tower? Gaffney. Uh, Gaffney. I've got friends coming in from Gaffney and uh, uh, dear dear friends uh, that I've known for just decades uh, out of Tulsa. In fact, in fact, the, the wife used to be on, on my staff, and mm-hmm. uh, so they're, they're going to be there. So if you're in the Greenville, South Carolina area, uh, this coming Sunday at what time does it start? Uh, 10, 10 o'clock on Sunday morning. 10 o'clock 10 Sunday, o'clock Sunday morning, morning, Grace Christian Church. We'll be there with bells on and Preaching the Bible. Amen. Yeah, uh, Debbie, I wanted to uh, <coughs> comment with um, you being a you know traveling minister's wife. That's mm-hmm. that's kind of how I, Dean and I did for a short period of time, and have always been connected to church. Yeah. You know, and uh, it's good to know church. I love church. <laughs> and yeah, you know, Terry and I talk about this all the time to have our to have your roots in church. You understand church. You understand the concept, mm-hmm. and then you un- then to travel. And and understand the go ye side of yeah. the gospel, that and the very simple verse that every ministry has ever launched their ministry out to is Jesus. You know, God so loved the world. Yeah. I mean, that's still the bedrock. Yes. Of what Absolutely. we do, that He gave yes. His only begotten Son, yes. that whosoever would believe on Him would not perish, but have everlasting life. And that message is to every race, kindred, tribe, tongue, gender, yes. <laughs> you know, pocketbook, yeah. everybody out there, no mm-hmm. matter where you are uh, on the ladder of life, that God has a voice uh, that he wants to share to the world, and he uses people yes. to do that. And so um, talk about your book just for a couple minutes here. Talk about what it's been like for you. Uh, here you are, the sister, you know, to somebody um, that does the ministry and then married to a pastor. I mean, you get the picture. Yes, I do. Yeah. My, my book, as far as the book that I, I've written, or mm-hmm. the, my book of life, or yeah, um, I'm, I've been working on a book of just a compilation of, of testimonies, and it's finished and it's ready to be published. Um, it's called Unnecessary Roughness. Right. And right. it's a testimony book, and it's it has every chapter has a declaration uh and it also has scripture to stand on and you don't have to read the book cover to cover you can just eat read chapter that's but my book of my life is pretty much just uh, it is find out what god's word says about your situation believe it stand right. on it it works every time that's right get it in your heart don't believe what somebody else says find it no, out for your right. own self right um you know, you talk about church and being a pastor's wife. Those those months while it was out preaching and mm-hmm. fulfilling those commitments, I had to, like, step up to the plate because I had to speak. Right. And so I kind of, you know, was 
I'd spoken in other countries, but when you speak with an interpreter, you get more time to think about what you're going to say next. So I was used to speaking with an interpreter. And so then when I had to speak, you know, in America, I had to get used to, you know, being more proficient and more um, fluent. And so... um, and so then I, I never thought I would have a pulpit ministry in a million years. Didn't want I it. I never thought I'd have one. That's, Didn't yeah, never, ever, way. ever, never want it. In fact, I told the Lord, I just don't even think about it. And then I, I, very distinctly, he said to me, almost, it was not audible, but it was audible to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he said, well, the re, you're just disobedient. And I, he had never said that to me before. He's he very said, gentle He said with it me. to me. And I, about me? No, about me. <laughs> Good boy. About me. Well, I didn't, I didn't see that as disobedient. I just didn't really like women preachers very much. I just didn't, I don't know. I just didn't feel like, right. I just felt like I was being, um, I, I don't know. I just didn't feel like I, would, I, I fit the mold, I guess. I guess right. I thought there was right. a mold of women preachers and I didn't see myself as that assertive. I didn't see myself as being like that. And why is such a great teacher? I really didn't see the need, honestly. I didn't right. see the need. No, I can understand And so that. God said to me, he said, well, you're disobedient because you wouldn't do it if I asked you to do it. And I said, well, no, I'll do it. If you, if you ask me, I will do it. If you ask me to, I will do it. I apologize. I will never be disobedient. I, I, I apologize. So I said, if you ask me to, to preach, then I, I'll preach. And so he started asking me more and more and more and more. And then uh, I remember there was a time we had gone to one of Brother Hagin's Holy Ghost meetings in Atlanta. And we drove from Greenville. It's about a three-hour drive. We'd come home and, you know, looking forward to going to church. But uh, you remember the old Star Trek movies? The, the old series of sure. Star Trek, you know, oh, beam yes. me up, Scotty. And there would yeah. be that beam <laughs> that would come and they would dematerialize and then they would be translated right, somewhere right. there was like a beam that came in our car and it was like Wyatt noticed it I noticed it and and we were talking about the ministry and Wyatt says you're you're called to preach and I said I know it <laughs> <laughs> and we both felt it but it was like a, a calling dropped on me at that moment that's so wonderful. a calling that I never thought Praise I would God. have and a calling that I didn't seek after right but that I had to submit to and right. so I did that's so good I, that's I, so good. out of just sheer obedience right but right. then it, I have found that whatever you're called to do if you just like when he said when Wyatt just now said that the only thing we knew to do was to say yes to the Lord when he said start the church right so we said yes so the only <laughs> thing I knew to do was say yes and then the Lord did everything else and well, so here you are almost 30 years later. I know. So it's that interesting. Amazing? Yeah, I'm, I'm shocked every time I speak that, uh, that anything comes out. But, and, uh, but isn't, it, isn't it tremendous? You know, uh, you know, we all have such a love for the ministry. And Renee was raised in a marvelous Pentecostal church in Louisiana. And, of course, I was raised in the Pentecostal church and then the Charismatic church. You was raised mm-hmm. in that same Charismatic church. Wyatt was raised in... Uh, Pentecost and charismatic forever, and then mm-hmm. we then then Wyatt went to Rama, where Brother Hagen, one of the cleanest ministries and best ministries, yes. and one of my certainly spiritual fathers and your spiritual father and a prophet of God, 
um, it, it's just you know some some people get a bad idea of the ministry, but we yeah. we've just always had a good idea. We yes, really we have. You know, we've, we've been, been exposed really to the best of the best of the best. I don't and, really uh, and and I think it's so say. cool that you know that that I, I was able and privileged, honored to take White on his first mission trip. Took yeah. you on your first Absolutely. of many 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 mission trips. I saw and you, the dead raised you, the first time I went with you. Oh my. Jacksonville, yeah, yeah, Jacksonville, Florida. The first person that, I ever raised from the dead. I think that's one of his Florida, best testimonies. Yeah. That guy <laughs> in the service that he raised from the dead. I was there. First well, time visitor gets raised, <laughs> dies in the service. Comes in church and dies. And, and, and a surgeon, <laughs> a surgeon, Doctor so Doug Fowler was there and pronounced him dead. And an ambulance attendant driver, an EMT, was yeah. there and pronounced him dead. And God spoke to me and said, "Go out there and tell that man not to let his heart be troubled." Yes. And so I did and commanded him to get up, and he did. And uh, but but my point was that y'all we we've been exposed right. to just the best, best ministries. The best. That's right. No fake, Mm-mm. no con, real faith no gimmicks, foundation. no trying to get Beautiful. money and cheat the people out of money. No. I mean we you know and to take you to all those trips that you were with Jackie and I in Mexico and the miracles we saw in Mexico right. and and the, and, and the people that were so blessed and so touched and. I remember one night Jackie and I were preaching in uh, San Luis Potosí, Mexico, and, and, and for some reason you and the kids didn't go to church that mm-hmm. night. You stayed and kept the kids, and, uh, uh, and, and they were little. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and when we got back from, from church that night, we had had so many cool miracles and got in late, and uh, you told me, you said, you know, well, well, Paul gave his heart to the Lord tonight. You know, Paul, Paul accepted Jesus tonight here at the house, you know, just with you and uh, you there in the hotel and, and, uh, and with the other kids. And so we, we've seen all those Ministries. That's right. I, I remember White one time was telling me the story about I won't name any names at all, or, or even give any kind of details where anybody would try to figure out who we're talking about. But, but a, a, a minister of the gospel uh, that had taught a lot on healings and taught a lot on miracles, and then had been in a lot of services where they were taught on healings and miracles. Uh, he and White were doing a meeting uh, one, I think, down in Texas one time, and. Uh, Wyatt got up and said, hey, come tomorrow night and we're going to have a miracle service. Or come Sunday night, we're going to have a miracle service. And this gentleman, uh, who was a friend, came over to Wyatt and said, have you really seen miracles? And Wyatt said, well, of course I have. He's really, really, I mean, have you really, really seen healings and miracles? And Wyatt said, well, yes. And, you know, when I started traveling with Terry and, you know, seeing all these miracles and stuff, I've had miracles in my own ministry. You know, Brother Hagan has miracles. And this guy said, well, I've been in all these services that they say are miracle services. I've been in all uh, these, I've taught on miracles. I've had other people teach on He said, I've never seen a miracle and never never seen it in a healing mm-hmm. and don't even know if they're real or not. But, you know, he was just going through the motion, just saying it because the Bible said it, yeah. which is a good thing to do. Yeah. But he had never experienced it. And, and White said, you need to go back. When you get back to, uh, you know, around Tulsa, said, uh, you call, call Terry and, and go to lunch and, you know, talk about miracles or whatever. But but y'all have always had a good miracle ministry. Well, well that, God you know, I, I didn't know you were going to bring that up. Of course, it... I didn't brings, know it was either. It, well, uh, 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 it brings back such a flood of memories because... Uh, uh, that minister, who, like you say, not to good guy, yeah, and, good guy, and, and who believed, people know if there's a bad guy, tell them who it was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Real, real, real wonderful, wonderful uh, minister and man of God. Uh, but, but he actually believed in miracles, and uh, and he was so he was actually very discouraged. Yeah, yeah, right. And well, so and transparent. And I then you to, tell him, say, "Well, watch tomorrow said, night. We'll I have said, miracles." I said, "Well, then tomorrow night, yeah. right. watch." I said because I'll go ahead and do a miracle service, right. and 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 he he's you know uh, uh, he's two or three years older than I am, so uh, and we had known each other since our early twenties, and and so there was always that bit of uh, he had to be smarter than me because he was three years right. older, 
And so I told him, I said, you know, you're smarter than me. And if this, if God will use me this way, I'll use you. And, uh, which was true. I mean, it, it, God didn't care how old a person is. Sure. And so, uh, so I got up and preached on miracles that night, uh, prayed a prayer over the, everyone just where they were standing and told them to do what they couldn't do. Uh, one of the first things that was a, a, a lady, uh, she took another lady with her and, uh, I didn't see them slip out. They came back in. Uh, she had taken the other lady just to be a witness and she had had a, a, a lump that was painful uh, and, and just she was very disturbed about it that it had uh, appeared and been there for some time in one of her breasts and it, she came up to the front Praise with the other God. lady just to testify, testify. that Praise it's gone My, That's so that there's no more lump there no more pain there and, and, uh, and then several other people came up and told what the Lord had done for them. And so I, I looked down because at the same time, I'm kind of having a minister to minister conversation right, right. with more with eye contact and right, hand motions. Right. And uh, I stepped off the platform and went down and I, and I asked him, I said, you see what I mean? And he said, I think I've got something. Should I give it? I said, oh, sure. Praise and God. he ran up and he had a word of knowledge for three different people. Wonderful. They came running up and they were all instantly healed. Praise God. But, Isn't that wonderful? But, but it was, it was the, uh, the simplicity of if a 12-year-old boy or girl will get up there and preach the gospel, sure. right. Jesus right. is Jesus. He preached the word. And he'll yeah. heal people. God honors yeah. the word. The Holy Ghost yeah. anoints the yeah. word. Let me say, we've been into this a long time. We're going to have to quit. But let me say two points here. Uh, I think it's so wonderful and so powerful that uh, I think you said to him, and I may be wrong, I may have made this up, but I think you told me you said to him, well, look, it can be learned. I learned from Terry. I did. You can I learn did. from me, and then and you, go home, then be, you go home and talk I told, to Terry. I told him to come so, home and you know, see it, you. So it can be learned. Yes. You know, you know, anointing comes by association. Right. It comes, you know, Brother Hagin used to say that, that it comes by a tran, uh, association and transmission, mm -hmm. yes. you know, and that's just a wonderful phrase that you associate with people that have miracles and you'll have them too. Mm -hmm. And if you declare you're going to have them, then you'll have them too. So, so it's wonderful. It can be learned. And the second phrase is why and Debbie and Renee, I just, I've just almost been, I've almost been sad here as we're talking because, because we could still do that in the church because you said a couple of times, hey, Sunday night we'll have a miracle service. And I've said that for decades. You right. said you learned it from me. Hey, now turn Sunday night, but we don't have Sunday night service anymore. So right. many churches don't have Sunday night services. God would still show up. God right. would still do miracles. We would still have blind eyes open, deaf ears unstopped, cripples walk, all that kind of stuff uh, if we'd ever give God the time. Renee and I have just come back from several meetings. We just had outstanding miracles. But we've also been in church after church after church after church where they say, Brother Terry, uh, we, we love you. We're for you. You're an apostle of God. You're a father to this church. But uh, we get out at 12, you know, we, you've got 20 minutes to preach. And so I do, I preach my 20 minutes and I, I turn into a, instead of operating in the office of apostle that God's called me to, I have to turn into a teacher and just take a little scripture and teach on it 20 minutes. And then, and so I, I become, I hate to say ineffective, but miracle wise, I become ineffective mm -hmm. because I can't do what I'm called to right. do. Yet if, if pastors, if we could see our way to go back, and I believe that's coming. I, I believe, I've said this in many churches, that, that I, I believe the day's coming when the people are going to come to the pastor. Not the pastor to the people, but I believe the sheep are going to come to the shepherd and say, that's Pastor, right. we need more church. That's right. But we're not making it the way it is. This, this hour a week isn't working because it's not working for America and it's not working for the church. But anyway, I, I just think that those two points, that you can learn it. And number two, if we'd go back and give God a space, say, hey, God, we'll give you a Sunday night miracle service, we, we could actually have that again. But to that point, 
Go ahead, Debbie. Well, tell, uh, just tell them what we do on well, our, at, at our own church because be, because of uh, pastoring in the the part of the country that we pastor in, the uh, church culture is uh, very defined on when people will show up. Right. And so we don't have a Sunday night service, mm -hmm. and we uh, uh, and it just became apparent uh, a little over a year ago people were not coming out on a Wednesday night. Right. To the point that we finally said, okay, we won't have a Wednesday night. Mm. And there was a part of me where I felt like I was, I, I, it was so out of my comfort zone to say those kind of things. Sure. And so, but what we did do is the, the first Wednesday of every month, we just tell everyone, that's going to be a miracle service. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. That's and, wonderful. And so on that one, anything that has to be done that's, housekeeping, if you will, for a church and a pastor. Yes. We do it on the very front end of the service, so the back end of it is completely open. Praise God. And on those, we've had wonderful miracles happen. That's great. We've, we've also had it where the power of God moved in, and no one would leave. Praise God. That's no one wonderful. would leave. And if, and if someone See, that's had, giving God that space, yes, giving yeah, him that time. Giving him opportunity. And then, and then I have, you know, like yourself, uh, you know, I have friends that pastor very large churches that are very structured in when they start, when yes, they stop. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and, uh, and so what those friends of mine will do, because they, they still don't want to lose the element of the supernatural, right. they'll have me come in and, uh, and they'll, uh, being administrative the way they are, and they're wonderful churches, they will uh, uh, will have a Wednesday night service that they'll call everyone, and it may be several thousand people in their church. If you know anyone who's sick, have them come this Wednesday night. We have someone right. that God right. uses That's this wonderful. way. That's and, wonderful. Uh, uh, and so at least they're making room for it, and I commend them for it. Oh, absolutely. I had one pastor that he's not in the ministry anymore, but but he, he was one of the first guys I ever knew to eliminate the Sunday night service. And he just had Sunday morning service, but he he was the cool. It was the coolest thing. I've never had anybody else say this or do this. But he used to bring me in. He said, "Terry, listen to me. We do not have Sunday night service." He said, "Don't let that mess you up." He said, "Treat the Sunday morning service like a Sunday night." He said, "Do not treat the Sunday morning service like a Sunday morning service." He said, "You come in and treat the Sunday morning service like a Sunday night service, and do anything you want to, and preach as long as you want to, and have miracles." And so we would do that, and it just—it was just such a success in that church. I mean, I know churches are different, but I do also know that when we give the Holy Ghost an opportunity to interrupt us, He'll interrupt That's us and give God an opportunity to do miracles, and He'll—he's—it was His idea in the first place. He'll sure do them. What are you going to say, well, Renee? Since we've been married, uh, one of the best—and I've told you this numerous times—one of the best miracle services that Terry had the opportunity and was given the authority to move in in a church was in y'all's church. About a year and a half after oh, yeah, Terry and I great. were married, I about that. and and you had uh, gave, we were there Sunday morning and, and Sunday were gone night, to Samoa or somewhere, and it was outstanding. That, that was that was uh, we were Debbie and I were in the South Pacific, right? And you came in to take the services for us yeah. that weekend. But your right. sister well, we're Rhonda, the country. Rhonda was there, and Rhonda's always been. I mean, since the what the eighties. Early 80s. Late 70s, uh, Yeah, actually. late 70s. She's always just been one of my favorite people on the planet and one of my favorite singers. Yeah, and just anointed in music. Anointed. And and whenever I had the prayer line, I know, I, we've taken over your story, no, I'm that's sure. All right. that's but all right. but when I had the prayer line that night, Renee and Rhonda got up 
and with both with microphones and just sang those anointed mm. songs the whole time. And I laid hands on, I guess, everybody there. There's a bunch of people yeah. there. I mean, there was 50 or 60 everybody people that, in the and, line. And Renee and Rhonda just hands. sang it over and over. And it's almost like the old days in one of Brother Hagin's meetings, oh, you know, where you're just was, singing those well, old and, and, altar songs. And, of you course, know. Rhonda started off singing for, for Brother her, Hagen. Her prayer lines with Brother Hagin. Exactly. Exactly. Well, it, it's I texted her the other day and I said, hey, I'm preaching for Debbie White. Are you going to be there? She said, yep. And I said, oh, great. You know? <laughs> it's so. so wonderful when people, you know, we started off saying this about church and everything and the ministry of, of going to the world and the, and the system that God has. And that when people know how to flow in the Holy Ghost and when God, like you said, Terry, God has given the opportunity to minister to the people there's just no clock that anybody wants to pay attention to. Yeah, that's true. Because the presence of the Lord is there, like the power podcast. of the Lord is there, <laughs> and, and the and the wonderful atmosphere that music creates when somebody actually knows what they're doing. Yes. Oh, that's you know, the key. And and that's she just key. went from one wonderful healing song and worship oh, song wonderful. till it just it was a flow. There was no forcing it. Mm-hmm. There was no out of nothing out of order. It was just a constant flow and steady ministry to the people. And there were a lot of miracles from that night. So Beautiful. we were just Terry and I went home just so gratified and so thankful to the Lord for what He had done. Look what the Lord did. Yeah, you yeah. said, look what mm-hmm. the Lord has done. Well, our time has gone way past. And uh, but you know we wear the badge proud that we have ministered to you today at a rather lengthy podcast, but we believe that there will be much fruit from this, and more than anything else, that your heart is open and receptive, and your appetite has been wet and encouraged and, uh, I think, challenged uh, to go after more of what God has in the days that we live in. Jesus is coming soon, and there's much work to do, and so we're just delighted to share with you today that uh, Terry Mize Ministries and uh, Grace Christian Church and Wyatt and Debbie and Terry and I are here today to applaud you for your life and your service to the kingdom of God and to help you be strengthened to do the work in in a more uh, satisfied heart, uh, really contending for the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ around the world. You're valuable and we've all got a job to do. God bless you all today and remember that you are More More than than conquerors. conquerors. See you next time. Bye-bye. You've been listening to a Mize Missions podcast. For all the latest updates to our global projects, speaking engagements, and social media, visit us at terrymize.com. You can partner with us to give living bread to dying men around the world. Get involved at terrymize.com. Until next time, thanks for joining us. This has been a presentation of Terry Mize Ministries.